We are in the part of the Torah where we begin to learn about the priest. So much of the Torah is story. We learn Abraham, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all these people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and Moses and the Exodus with Pharaoh. And then two weeks ago or so, we started to hear about laws, uh, you know, and now the story continues as he's trying to instruct the children of Israel of how to live. Now that you've come out of Egypt, here's what you got to do. Now that you've been saved by the blood of the lamb, here's my requirements for you. We start to learn about the priest and what he does, and even specifically in this Torah portion, what the priest was wearing. So much of this Torah portion that we read this week is about what the priest is wearing. And if you come here week after week in Mishkan David, you may wonder, why the heck do you talk about the Torah so much? Like, why do we, put, why do we process the Torah? Why do we read Hebrew from the Torah? And why, when we do messages like this, very often it'll, it'll start from something in the Torah? Well, the Torah is the one part of the Bible that is neglected the most. Not in Judaism, but in Christianity. So that is the part of the Torah that is neglected the most, and it is the foundation, it is the bedrock of all of the Bible. In fact, it is very challenging to really understand even what the New Testament is really saying and really what was in the hearts and the minds of the writers of the New Testament without really understanding the basis of what they were saying, which is always about Torah and comes from Torah. And if anything in the New Testament appears to contradict Torah, then you're, you're misunderstanding the context. So you'll have to forgive me when I bring forth revelation from this part of the Bible that the rest of the church, most churches neglect to even read anymore because of a misunderstanding that has just been done away with. But if you don't like it, there's plenty of churches. <laughs> but as for this place, I always feel inclined to just ask God and I to give me revelation that comes from the Torah portion. And this Torah portion, like I said, we're introduced to the priest, and very much it's about what the priest is wearing. And many people in the body of Messiah will say, why the heck do I care about what the priest was wearing? Who cares? And that's why it's just not really spoken about. It's mundane stuff. But when you realize that the, when it talks about the priest and when it talks about what the priest is wearing, it's talking about you. You get an understanding, like, I better read this because this has something to do with me. In fact, in the New Testament, it says in multiple places, you are a kingdom of priests. That actually came from the Torah. It says a couple of Torah portions ago in the book of Exodus that you will be a kingdom of priests, holy to the Lord, called, called out, my possession. You will be. And in the New Testament, in the book of 1 Peter, it says you are a kingdom of priests, called out people, holy, set apart, my possession. Same words that are spoken about in the Torah prophetically is fulfilled through Messiah who lives in you. 
Even in the book of Revelation, multiple places it says a kingdom of priests. So without understanding the Torah, when you read kingdom of priests, I don't know what may come to your mind. Maybe it's a Catholic priest. Maybe when you read kingdom of priests, you're thinking of the popes and like we're all going to be popes. Or, or, or Catholic priests, or maybe you're going to be sitting behind confessionals. I don't know what would come to your mind when you read, we're a kingdom of priests, without an understanding of who the priest is and what the priest does, because God has put that title on you. Because we are a kingdom of priests. Another translation says, we are kings and priests. So if you come to Mishkan David, and you see the men greeting each other as king, and we say, Shalom, my king, Shalom, my king. Don't think we're nuts, even though we are. We're just being biblical. Because we're kings, because the one king lives in us. We're priests, because the one true high priest in heaven, Yeshua the Messiah himself, lives within us. So we become Priests, a kingdom of priests. And just like the priest Aaron in the Torah was a priest to Israel, we become a priest to the nations, to the world. That's why we are a kingdom of priests. So we read this week's Torah portion, which speaks about what this guy Aaron dressed like. And we must understand that everything in the Torah is spiritual. So in a spiritual way, we are dressed this way. So when we see the, the, the blue and the purple and the scarlet and the yarns and the, and, the, and the breastplate and all these things, we say, Adonai, I'm dressed this way. He dressed you this way because you are priests. So it may be helpful to understand what this all means. So when you have somebody that's on your heart, so if God puts somebody on your heart and you have a burden for somebody, and you know it's from the Lord, it's not just human compassion. You know it's above your just feelings for somebody or your compassion for somebody or your love for somebody. You know, because you, you know that on I divinely put somebody on your heart. No, it is because you are a priest. And we read in this week's Torah portion that they had the names of the sons of Israel written on stones on their breastplate on their heart so all the children of israel can be brought into the holy place and into the holy of holies on the heart of the priest so if god puts somebody on your heart and you know it's a divine thing and it's not just human compassion it's because you are a priest and you have the names of israel on your heart and he is giving that to you if you feel like a burden like a like, um, like, like, like you just want to carry somebody's burdens. It is not a coincidence because the, because the priest had six names on this shoulder, this six names on this shoulder, so he carried them. He carried the sons of Israel. So when you are burdened for somebody, it is a divine thing. You, the, the, the reality that he's activating the priesthood in you is activated. Okay? So what is a priest? Just to give a very quick brief in explanation of who the priest is and what he does, he receives the offerings from the people. And he provides forgiveness for the people. 
He is the one that declares the people are forgiven. And once a year, on a day, on a specific appointed day, he goes in to the Holy of Holies and brings Israel in with him in spirit and comes out and declares them not guilty. That is your role. So without an understanding of Torah, you may just think you're a Catholic priest. And you know, in some ways, they, they, they got it. Sorry, all you anti-Catholics out there. But they have this thing where like, I'm like, I'm in the place of the Son of God. Like, I have the ability to forgive. They have this whole thing. Like, I have the ability to forgive. Sorry, anti-Catholics. They got that right. You have the ability to forgive. That's because you are a priest. And as Yeshua said, what you, you forgive on earth is, is forgiven in heaven. A couple of things that come to me when it comes to the priesthood. Number one, when you declare forgiveness over somebody, it is prophetic. You don't have to wait for people to get it right. So many in the body of Messiah will not just say, you are forgiven. They're waiting for a change of heart. But you, as a priest, have the ability, have the divine calling to say, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Yeshua went to a paralytic. Yeshua loved paralytics. Went to him. All he said, and they, they were taunting him, come on, tell him to pick up his mat and walk. He said, your sins are forgiven. And he got in trouble. Wait a minute, you can't say that. Who gives you authority to say that? Who gives you authority to say that? This man committed blasphemy is what the people were saying about this paralytic. See, they made judgments over the paralytic. They said, oh, we've heard him blaspheme the name of the Lord, and he's paralyzed. Oh, I'm putting one, one and one together. I got this all figured out. He's paralyzed because he sinned. Yeshua went into that place and said, your sins are forgiven. They said, you don't have a right to say that. And he said, the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. I say in this hearing today, the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. The Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. The Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Do you understand it? Are you receiving it? The Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Oh, come on. Did I miss anybody? The Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Peter got all messed up by it. What the heck are you talking about? You come to Mishkan David and all you think is, huh? You're in good company. All the disciples, when they heard Yeshua talk, all there was, ah. 
heck are you talking about? I know you have words of life, but I don't understand anything you're saying. So if you feel that way, you're in good company. Peter was like, what are you talking about? Forgive me. I, am I supposed to give, forgive them seven times? No, Yeshua said, 70 times seven. Anybody know where 70 times seven came from? Hebrew, biblical, Old Testament, Tanakh scholars as we all are. This is not the first place we see 70 times seven. Daniel 9, Daniel repented for the nation of Israel and for his own sins. Angel Gabriel came down, spoke a prophecy for the end. It said 77s will occur before the forgiveness of sins are completed and end the transgressions, the anointing of the holy place. 77s. That refers to how long it's going to take until the end. 77s. So when Yeshua was saying, you got to forgive 70 times 7, he was referring to Daniel, which means until the end of time, when this whole thing is taken care of. Another thing about the priests, which you may understand, you have to understand, is that the people that come with their offerings... Same people come every day. So this is why we cannot be frustrated with people who keep screwing up and screwing up and screwing up. The priest will be there. Here comes good old Shlomo. What's a good Hebrew name? Shlomo with his goat again. I made it, I sinned, I'd like to offer this as a sin offering or a burnt offering. Baruch Hashem, you're forgiven. Go about your way, Shlomo. Next day, here comes Shlomo again. Maybe he ran out of goats this time, so he doesn't have a goat anymore, he's got to bring his little pigeon. Here he comes with his little pigeon. I screwed up again. Baruch Hashem, forgiven. Next day, here comes Shlomo. Nowhere does it say that the high priest had to say, when are you going to get it right? In fact, they didn't say anything. All they did is receive the offering from the person. Said, yep, okay, any blemishes here? Nope, not blemished. Accepted. Off you go. Shlomo. Shlomo is Solomon's name. I'm referring to the generic Shlomo, oh, not King Solomon. Okay. Although King Solomon would have given his offerings if he wanted to. Do you understand that this is why we need to have compassion for people who just keep screwing up? You, as a priest, have the divine ability to say, forgiven. Because that's what Yeshua meant when he said, what you say is forgiven on earth is forgiven. And the other aspect of the priest is that the people that come every day, same old sin, same old mess up, there is a set day, the day of atonement, 
when it's all completed. And that is a prophetic thing that no matter what we're going through, no matter what these people that are just that screwing up all the time that you're getting frustrated with, there is a day for their atonement, a day for their healing. It's on the calendar. It's booked. It's an appointment that God ain't going to miss. It's called the Day of Atonement. That happens at the same time every year. But spiritually, what he's saying is that there is a time set when the sins that easily beset us will not be set anymore. <clears throat> so have mercy on the people who keep coming their set time, their Day of Atonement for whatever it is they're going through is on the calendar. So we have mercy the end of this thing, when it's all said and done, there is going to be a prophetic day of atonement. Just like there is a prophetic day of Passover that Yeshua fulfilled when he was hung on a cross. Just like there was a prophetic festival of unleavened bread when he made us all unleavened through his blood. Just as there was a prophetic Shavuot, Feast of Weeks, which was Pentecost, the fall festivals are upcoming, and there will be prophetically a day when the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies and makes atonement for the world. And that is going to happen through Yeshua, who lives in you. So we read and we sing, take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Misunderstood. It sounds like it's a place of worship. Take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. That comes from scripture. It says in the New Testament, we enter in boldly into the holy place through the blood of Messiah. The Holy of Holies is not a place of worship. The Holy of Holies is not a place of fellowship with the Lord. The Holy of Holies that we enter into boldly is not a place to praise, to commune, to fellowship, to be with God. It's a place to bring atonement for those that don't have the right to go in. When you have Messiah come in you, you now have the right to enter in, as it says, but that's not a place to be close with God. We're close with God everywhere. The Holy of Holies is a place to bring atonement for everybody else who is not in there yet. Oh, you got to hear this. This is reality. We go into the Holy of Holies. You understand, the priest, the high priest is the only one. He's the only one that can go into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for Israel. But now that anointing comes on you. So you have the ability, when you accept Messiah and he lives within you, you have the ability to go into the Holy of Holies and just like the priest did, make atonement through the one that lives within you for those who don't yet make it. And when they accept him, they have the ability to go in and make atonement for others. You have the authority.
authority to declare them forgiven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 